How many of you are ready to receive all that God has for you to go into this week? Amen. Praise the Lord. I am so excited when we gather together like we are right now. We're honoring the Lord. We're doing what He has set up. This is not something of man. God says, I've called, I will build my church. Jesus is a part, being a part of building His church. And He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? And, you know, there, there are people in the 21st century says the day of the church is coming to an end. They, they listen to the lies of the devil. You know, the devil said that in the first century. He said, I'll kill them. I'll martyr. They'll be martyrs, but I'll kill them if they try to uh, build the church. And Jesus says, I'm going to work through them and build my church by the power of my spirit. And they killed them and the church kept growing. And, you know, in the third century, they said, oh, well, the church will be over by the fourth century. Guess what? Here we are, 21st century, and the church is still alive. Because the only way the church is going to fail is if Jesus fails. And, you know, you remember the song, Jesus Never Fails. Hallelujah. He's a part of building his church, and you and I are a part of what he is doing. He is called the ecclesia. That's the church, the ecclesia, called out of our homes into assembly, called together. That's what ecclesia is called out and together. So here we are, the ecclesia. God has called us out of our homes today here into assembly. And God says, God gives us all kinds of insight and uh, updates, you might would say, throughout His Word of what He likes when we gather together. He likes it when we gather together for us to come together in unity. To in unity. Amen. He likes for us to come together. He likes for us to sh uh, shout unto Him praises. He likes for us to clap our hands. He tells us He likes for us to stand. He likes for us to kneel. He likes for us to dance. He likes for us to praise the Lord. He likes for us to use the instruments and to bless His holy name. He likes for us to sing and use our voices. He says, praise me with the dance. He says, praise me with the instruments. Praise me. He said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. This, so what we're doing here is not something a council came up with. What we're doing is what God wants. This is what God desires. This is what God loves. This is what puts a smile on God's face. So we're not here in ritual to go through a routine today with a frown on our face. No, no, no. We're here to serve and to love on our living God who was looking out for us when we weren't looking out for ourselves, who was caring for us when we didn't even care about Him, who was making a way of redemption for us and a way of reconciliation for us when we were yet cursing His name. He yet loved us. He came. He lived. He died for us. He was resurrected for us. Let me tell you what. To give us an abundant life. What a good God we serve. So we're not going to be ashamed of him here at Christian Embassy. Some people say, are y'all Pentecostal? Are y'all Baptist? Are y'all Methodist? Are y'all Presbyterian? I say, we all of that and more. Amen. Let's don't limit ourselves. You, some people say, well, you're Baptocostal. Well, we're all of that too. You may be a Methocostal. We may be a, a Presbycostal. Whatever. We're all of that. Some say, well, what about Catholics? Come on in. We're just here like they are around the throne in heaven. Every tongue and every tribe represented. And they were saying, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. We want to reflect heaven on earth as Jesus taught us to pray. And we want to be every race and every color and every nationality and every age group gathered together in unity just saying how good our God is. 
praising Him and worshiping Him and quenching not His Holy Spirit. Amen. We don't want the labels of man. We want the label of heaven on us. We want the level. So we're an embassy. I mean, we are ambassadors of Christ, the Bible says. And where does ambassadors gather? They gather at the embassy to do their uh, training and functioning and equipping from. And that's where we're at today. Praise God. So we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just want to make you know that you are welcome here. You say, well, I have a different background. Drop your guard and enjoy. Because the river's flowing from the throne of heaven. And everybody that gets in the river gets blessed. Let the anointing of God, the blessings of God, the favor of God, maybe it'll do you good to get you up out of a little of the routine you're in. Amen. And let us let God have His way. Amen? So let's go to Him. Father, we just come to You and we say it out loud in prayer as we communicate with You this morning. God, have Your way. This is not... Tim Lambert's church. This is not Christian Embassy's church. This is your church, God. And we want you to be here, work and do and speak and minister and flow the way you want to. Lord, we know you're a healing God. You're a delivering God. You're a God of salvation. You're a God of a new beginning, a, a, a second a try, a third try, a fourth try, God. Your mercy is everlasting. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we just pray now that as you've called me to preach your word that your word would go forth in power and Lord we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word I'm just praying that their faith would rise up I'm praying that my faith will rise up and Lord God our faith would be encouraged here this day that we would be able to exercise our faith and reach and take hold of all that you have provided for us in and through the atonement we pray in Jesus name amen and amen so I'm going to ask you this morning, how many of you like to eat? Okay. If you don't raise your hand, we know you're a liar. <laughs> how many of you have fond memories growing up and it was, uh, had something to do with eating together? Yes. Amen. I know uh, Pastor Radico talks about the Sunday meal in Romania that uh, they would come home from church and they would have Somali. Uh, the cabbage rolls and schnitzel and they would have all kinds of uh, good things. Uh, I can't remember the names of them all, but it's like southern cooking uh, done in. So she must have grew up in southern Europe <laughs> because they were like cooking a lot like we cooked at home. And uh, so, you know, in the stories they would tell about gathering together, I remember one story and we would get around the table and we would all just drop our guard because when we was eating mama's food, we just felt so loved. We just felt so good inside, you know. Anybody enjoy food? I, I enjoy food. I've had to enjoy less of it as I get older. My metabolism slows down, but, you know, I still enjoy some good tasting food. And us boys, you know, my sister was there and our, our guards would just drop down. And we would, we would talk things that we normally probably wouldn't have talked. One day my brother got into some stuff and, at the table and, and it, it was not what mama wanted to, to hear. So she grabs her fork up and she starts lecturing him. And undoubtedly, us Southerners had some greasy food that day because she had some grease on her finger. And the fork flies off of her hand, out of her hand and sticks into the edge of his eye. Didn't hit his eyeball, sticks into the edge of his eye. Whoa, did the atmosphere change around the table. Because she was just said, Jim, and she just did it. And it was, and she didn't mean to do it. And uh, then she's over coddling him and he's, he's milking it for everything it's worth. 
and he gets double dessert, you know, because of it. So my sister and I are like, Mama, hit us, hit us too. We want double dessert, you know. And uh, just great times around the table and meals and so forth. And it's so amazing that we read the, when we read in the scriptures about the life of Christ, so much took place around meals and him breaking bread with them and talking with them. There was a time where there were 5,000 men and their wives and children, so 15, 20,000 people, and there's no food. And there's a little boy that has his little happy meal. He's got his little fish nuggets and, and uh, you know, some hush puppies. That's about it. And, uh, but they give that to Jesus, and the Bible says Jesus takes that and gives thanks. And as he thanks God for it, his Father, it passes out, and a miracle of heaven came to the earth and multiplied that little snack to feed fifteen to 20,000 people. And then there were 12 basketfuls left over, one for each of the disciples. It was almost like El Shaddai, which means the God of more than enough. El Shaddai showed off as his son Jesus gave thanks. Heaven invaded the earth and a miracle flowed through this food into the lives of these people. Hallelujah. Jehovah Jireh, our God, our provider, he showed up. There's another occasion. There were 4,000 men. And if you would multiply the families that was with them, once again, it happens there. I remember when uh, the disciples went back to fishing. And you remember after Jesus was resurrected and, and they're coming back and there's another miracle catch that Jesus says to them, you know, and they, their boats are sinking with the overflow. They could, in their own effort, nothing, nothing. But when Jesus was there and Jesus tells them, gives them instructions, their boats are sinking. And when they come to the shore with their boats sinking so full of fish, Jesus has already got his own uh, catch and he's cooking for them. There they had a meal again. And there he's talking to Peter, you know, you love me, feed my sheep, love me, feed my sheep, you know, and love me, feed my lamb. So we see that there was a lot of of things that took place around food because we know without food, we die. We can live without a lot of things, but we can't live without eating. These bodies that God gave us, they, they function on the fuel of food. And it's so very important. I remember growing up out uh, in the high school uh, that uh, I attended. I didn't attend, but it was in our neighborhood. Uh, there was a teacher there, and this teacher was known for probably being one of the, the biggest guys in the state. And he may probably have been. And I remember one time my dad, who had uh, had an accident and had to deal with uh, paralysis and, and all the, the things that come with uh, lack of mobility, uh, was talking to him. And he says, you know, Mr. So-and-so, he says, and he had been one of my dad's teachers uh, when he was in school, and he says, you don't want to get to the place you're immobile. He said, let me tell you from experience, for the year that I laid in a bed, uh, the, the ulcers and all the pain and stuff comes from the lack of mobility and the sense of helplessness. So he's just talking to him. He says, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to say anything, but you're getting to the place you can barely get around it. Is there anything we can do to help you? And, uh, and, and the teacher, this guy came back and he says, I was a prisoner of war. In, in Vietnam War. And he says, and the atrocities that my, my group went through that I'm not even going to speak of. But we men, we were able to grit and bear 
the pain, the punishment, the things they did to us. And he says, and we did it with dry eyes. We didn't even cry. He says, but the men would cry at night and myself included because we would hide in the darkness of night and cry because we could not stand the starvation we were going through. We were starving to death. We were looking for a roach. We were looking for a rat. We would eat anything. He says, you don't know. He got it. My dad and my dad said, you don't know the pain of starvation. And I swore to myself, if I ever live and get out of this hell hole, I will never, ever uh, 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 not give myself what I want to eat. I'll eat, I'll not deny myself. Now that was a vow that was the enemy he used to really destroy his life and take him out early uh, because he eventually did become immobile and he did die early. And, uh, and that's a sad thing. So, you know, here it's that fuel we need and the enemy was coming in and taking it away and it caused so much pain that there was the overreaction to it in that line. It just shows you how powerful the meal is and uh, a healthy meal can be to our lives. Our lives will be determined of whether we can function regularly or not by the meal that we eat. And it is so amazing to me that God wanted us to never, ever, ever, ever forget His great covenant that His Son Jesus Christ has given to the church, so much so that He encased it and He has, he has packaged it <clears throat> in a meal. And this covenant that He has given to us, we read in Hebrews, is the best covenant that, of any covenant that has ever been written. It is a covenant that beats the Abrahamic covenant. It is a covenant that trumps the Mosaic covenant. It trumps the Davidic covenant. It trumps the Adenic covenant. It tr trumps the Adamic covenant. Every covenant known to man, the Noahic covenant, everyone is small beans compared to this amazing covenant that Jesus Christ came and the Bible says he, he negotiated it for us as a better high priest and he had it sealed as a blood-sealed covenant that would never go away and it was sealed not with the blood of an animal but the blood of his own giving, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And this covenant is so amazing that He has given to the church that everything that was foretold in the Old Testament, every shadow, every type, every prophetic word that was given is fulfilled in this great covenant that you and I get to participate in. It is a covenant unlike any other covenant, and it is a covenant that ushers in every work, not part, but every work of God on our behalf. That covenant is ours. And God says it is so important that you never forget your covenant privileges and your covenant stance and your covenant authority. He says, I'm going to give you something that is in the crossroads of that which you must do every day to survive so that you will not forget it. And in the midst of that and in the midst of a meal, Jesus reveals this covenant 
and says, I don't want you to forget this covenant. I'm going away. But this is the meal that heals. This is the meal that brings you into covenant, reminds you of covenant, stimulates your faith to operate in covenant. So I want you to do it often. And that's what we're going to do today. We're just a little bit. We'll be taking the fruit of the vine and the bread uh, and the culmination of this service as we once again have our faith encouraged from the Word of God and by the Spirit of God so that we are taking advantage of all our covenant privileges and we're not letting any of those or any sacrifices that Jesus made to give them to us go uh, unnoticed or untapped into. He's done too much for us. So we're going to look in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 34 and kind of exegete these scriptures, go through them and break them down. And this is a message that God wants us to have often. So that's why here at Christian Embassy on the first Sunday of um, the month, normally we've set aside so we cannot forget at least once a month that we're coming together to be reminded of our covenant privileges and our covenant blessings that come through what Jesus Christ has provided. So we're going to do that this morning. And let me tell you what, I believe before you leave here, if you will tap into and receive and believe everything that God is saying to you, you're going to go out of here just like Jesus took the little boy's lunch. And then when he gave thanks and tapped into covenant, his covenant father, there was a miracle that invaded the earth that you may need a miracle today as well. Let me tell you what, whatever miracle you need, Listen to me, whatever miracle you need, the provision is in the covenant. It is already yours. I'm just saying let your faith be stirred. Let your faith rise up so that you can reach out by faith and appropriate it or take hold of it and take it home with you today. There's no need for you to go home without the fullness of the covenant blessings of God in you and going home with you. Amen? Amen. So here he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Apostle Paul is writing this. He said, This is not some tradition of man. This is not some religious ritual. This is what I received from the Lord. And what I'm giving you, he says, is straight from God. So we have to receive this as we believe the Word of God is the uh, inspired breath, the inspired heart, the inspired desire of God for us. We need to receive this. This is how God has set it up so that we can into all that he has for us. So he said, I received that uh, as I received from the Lord, that which I also deliver you, that the Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks. So Paul is identifying here by the Spirit of God the importance of the meal, but how, the attitude of how we take the meal. That we, he took it and he gave thanks, which is the same thing he did when he took the little boy's lunch. He gave thanks and the miracle of heaven invaded the earth. There is power in thanksgiving. I've said it so many times and I'll say it again that thanksgiving is the key that opens the gates of heaven. The gates of heaven, you may feel like you're blocked out, but you're not. All you got to do is take that master key of thanksgiving and it will open up to you everything that God has provided for you. 
you. We see that progression in Psalms 100 when we look at the psalmist as he shows us drawing closer to God. He said, you need to make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. That's why we say here, we're not, we're not Baptist, we're not Pentecostal, we're not Charismatic, we're not Methodist, we're not Presbyterian, we're not Catholic. We don't want any of those labels. We just want to be a freed people that will take God at His word. And if God wants us to come before Him with a joyful shout, we don't want to say, well, that's what the Charismatics do or that's what the Pentecostals do. Are we Charismatic? Yes. Are we Pentecostal? Yes. Are we baptizing folks? Yes. Are we believing that God has saved us by His grace? Yes. We believe it. We believe the Bible. And when God says, I want you to come with a shout, all you lands, we don't want to be a silent people. We don't want to be a dead church. We want to be a church that's alive, alive to God, alive to what He loves and what He desires. So you want to label us, say, well, we're a shouting church. Amen. But it's not just any shout. It's a joyful shout. Hallelujah. It's a joyful shout unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness that we're not going to be a bunch of old bickering, uh, mad uh, uh, people that's trying to compare one to another and fight about what we're doing in service to the Lord. No, we're not doing it to be seen of men. What we do, we do it as unto the Lord. And we serve the Lord with gladness. That if we're going to serve in the house of the Lord, we're going to serve with a smile on our face. Amen. Because of the gladness in our heart to be able to give back to our God and come before His presence with singing. So we're going to be a singing church. Amen. We're going to sing the songs that lift up Him. Sing the songs that give praise and glory and honor to God. And he says, know that He, that, that the Lord, He is God. And it is He who has made us, not we ourselves. We need Him. We need Him. He's the one made us. We can't make it on our own because we are the people of His, the sheep of His pasture and we want Him to guide us and Him to direct us. But look at what verse, verse 4 says. It says, now you can enter into His gates with thanksgiving. You can enter into His gates. All you got to do, you say, well, I, man, if I was favored, if I was special, if I grew up in a preacher's home, I could go, get into the gates of heaven. No! All you got to do is give thanks unto the Lord. All you got to do is thank Him for His healing and thank Him for His goodness and thank Him for His mercy. Thank Him for salvation. Thanksgiving gets you through the gates and then you move into His courts with praise because if you truly start thanking God, you say, God, the devil is trying to kill me, but you've given me life. The devil stole from me and I was in poverty, but now there's provision in my life. God, I was sad, but you have filled my heart with gladness. I was depressed, but now I'm excited about life. Lord, I... And you start thanking him you can't help but say praise the lord hallelujah praise the name of the lord he is worthy to be praised hallelujah says be be thankful and bless him and bless his name bless his name Yeshua, Jesus who saves. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, I bless your name. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're my God, my provider. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're my God, my healer. You are Jehovah Shalom. You're the God, my peace. Hallelujah. I lift you up, El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. You bless His name for the Lord is good. I don't care what the devil tells you. The Lord is good. And His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. 
So the power of communion, as Jesus gave us example, is first activated by the power of thanksgiving. If you want to tap into the power of communion, this meal that heals, where heaven invades earth, Anybody need a miracle from heaven in your life today? Anybody need something supernatural to turn something around or to set something in the right order or to make provision or to open a door, to close a door or to give you rescue? Does anybody need a hand from heaven, a hand of God moving in your life today? Well, the power of communion is first activated by the power of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Jesus gives us that example. And I'm telling you, with Jesus, we have so much to be thankful for. Without Him, you're still, oh, for your sin. And your sins, the wages of, is death, separation from God. Let me tell you what, we need to be thankful for the redemption He provides for us in and through His blood. That we're recipients of His amazing covenant, the better covenant, the best covenant. There's no covenant that's going to be greater than this covenant. His unmerited favor that He gives unto us, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah! What a good, good God we serve. So he says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Jesus on the same, Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, which means giving thanks, that same attitude of, and the manner by which he gave thanks and broke the bread, now he's giving thanks. And then he takes the cup and he says, this cup is the new covenant. This new covenant. Hallelujah. Don't forget the covenant. This is a covenant. This isn't just a whim. This isn't just a, oh, a, a get out of jail card. This is a covenant. This is a, greater than a contract that God is sealing with his own blood that he wants for you and me to be a part of. And this is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This word, uh, this phrase for as often. So he's telling us we need to do this often. That's why you hear me repeating this, this message and trying to come at it in every angle that I can so, so that we fulfill what God is saying, that we need to do this often. And he chose an avenue of, of eating a meal, which we do often as well. So I don't believe it's something we want to do just once a year or, or just at holidays. And someone asked me uh, this week, you know, after the first service, they said, well, is this something we can do in our home as well? I say, for as often, for as often. There's no, there's no limitation there in, in any sense. And, and just, you just get the whole message and practice this as often as you do it. Okay. So I believe we need to do it often because we often need to be reminded of forgiveness. We need to do it often because we often need to be reminded that he's our healer. Because the devil don't play fair and he'll throw stuff on you and get fiery darts on you and get through a crack of where you don't have your shield of faith up and get a dart in you. We're in a war. We're in a war here, right? And, and, and the enemy doesn't give up. The enemy doesn't take vacation. There's not a time where he says, okay, cease war, cease fire. No, he's always manipulating and always strategizing to try kill and steal and destroy. So we often need healing. We need to be often reminded of the blessings of God in our lives. Because if not careful, we'll start looking at all the curses and all the negative stuff that the devil's exploding around us. And we'll look at the wind and the waves like Peter did and we'll start sinking and not walking miraculously through this life. 
We need to often be reminded of all the things that Jesus has provided for us through His body and through His blood. And I'm here to remind you this day, this is you're about to be prepared with the greatest level of faith to receive with thanksgiving the bread and the fruit of the vine so that heaven will invade your earth here this morning going into this whole week. Hallelujah. So the things that we need to experience often, he says you need to often do this. For as often, verse 26, as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. Now why in the world is it important that we often show the Lord's death? Now I know we like showing an empty cross and we like showing an empty tomb because we know He's alive but with the communion, the blood and the bread, the blood of the grape and the bread reminds us of Jesus' death that needs proclamation as well. And I believe the reason is because the Bible says that when Jesus died, He activated or made legal His will for our lives. Death is the entryway into the last will and testament of a person who died. When someone dies, their death opens up. It makes public for the distribution of all the benefits and all the blessings in that will of the, of the person who has died. So, so when you proclaim the death, that Jesus has died, you're saying that this covenant, this will that He has left, all the benefits, all of that is in my account. All of that distribution has already been made. I'm not waiting for God to make up His mind to heal me. By His stripes, I am healed. It's already in my account. I'm not waiting for God to make up His mind to bring provision in my life because He who was rich became poor that those who were poor might be made rich in Christ Jesus. He died. That's His will that I have more than enough, that there's an abundance in my life. There, that it is His will that my life be filled with joy, a joy unspeakable and full of glory and a shalom, a peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to get the joy. I don't have to wait to get to heaven to have peace in my life. I don't have to wait to get to heaven to get my sins cleansed, covered, not covered, but washed away. They are not even, they're not even a record anymore because the blood of a lamb would cover, but the blood of the lamb of God, it, 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 it extinguishes, it, 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 it removes moves. The, 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 though they be a scarlet, though they be red as crimson, it's gone. It's white as snow. It's, it's wool, the Bible says, because of the covenant that I have through the death of Jesus Christ. The will has been activated. Hallelujah. So with thanksgiving, when we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we are showing the Lord's death we are showing uh, uh, any sickness in your life that Jesus has died to heal me. You're showing your sin that Jesus has already died to sanctify and to make me the righteousness of God. You're showing any bondage in your life that Jesus has already died and the victory He, he gave me over demonic strongholds is mine. 
today, right now. We're showing the, the death of Jesus Christ to all things that His death gives us victory and power over. His death gives you victory over guilt. You don't need to live with guilt. His death gives you victory over condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. His death gives you victory over sin, over sickness, over disease, over the curse, over fear, over depression, over discouragement, over unrest, over worry over anxiety, over poverty. I can say over anything the devil throws at you, he's already given you the victory Jesus has over that work of the enemy. And his death proclaims that. His death gives us the victory over these things. And Jesus wanted us to be reminded of this. He didn't want us to live unnecessarily under any work of the devil that Jesus had already given his life to give us victory over. He doesn't want his sacrifice to be trampled underfoot as it is worthless and it is invalid. He says, what I'm doing, I'm doing it for you and I don't want you to forget the heaven that I'm bringing to earth through this death that I'm going to on the cross. So when we drink the, we drink the cup and when we eat the bread, you're showing sickness that because of Jesus' death and what He accomplished on Calvary, and what he accomplished at that whipping post, what he took stripes upon his back. Sickness, you got to pack your bags and you got to get out of here. In spirit of infirmity, you got to go. You're showing the devil that Jesus died and the devil has to leave your life. Let me tell you what, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And listen, when Satan sees that you know, look at somebody and say, you know. When Satan sees that you know that Jesus died for you, he packs his bags and he leaves. When, when that sickness sees that you know that Jesus died for your healing, that sickness has no other choice, it's got to go. When your sin discovers that you know that Jesus died so that you could be free from that bondage and free from that stronghold, that sin no longer is master over you. So the question is, how does it know? How does it know that you know? Jesus said, this is how you will know. Because you will take with thanksgiving. When there's true, genuine thanksgiving. So we're not here to just take some bread. Mm, that tastes, oh, ain't, ain't much. I'm hungry. That little blood of the grape, little fruit of the vine. Man, I could have used more than that. Get this dryness out of my mouth. It's not, we're not taken like that. This isn't just juice and bread. This is our opportunity to let the, every demon of hell that has been trying to destroy our lives know that we know that we have a better covenant. And this covenant trumps anything the devil is trying to bring against us. And how will the demons of hell know? And how will the spirits that are trying to uh, uh, arrest us and the spirits that are trying to vex us know? It's because we'll be saying, thank you, Lord. I thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, when I take this bread, I'm going to tap into by your stripes, I am healed. I'm going to tap into that crown of thorns went upon your flesh and broke that spirit of poverty off of me. I'm going to tap into they beat your face, they beat your flesh, they broke your flesh. You were beyond recognition, but the bleeding under the skin 
was good for the healing under my skin. There's things in my heart and things in my mind that don't look, I look fine on the outside, but there's trouble, there's worry, there's anxiety, there's fears, there's things that's going on in the inside of me. There's depression, there's discouragement, there's all this stuff that I'm hiding on the inside. It's flowing underneath the skin, but you bled under the skin to even take care of that. I know, hallelujah, thank you Lord, that the anxiety's gonna go, the fear's gonna go, the depression's gonna go. I'm gonna come alive. I'm gonna come alive, hallelujah, because of this covenant that I have, I have a privilege to be a part of. And when I drink this blood of the grape, that was the blood of the Son of God, that precious blood, not the blood of a lamb, not the blood of a goat, but the blood of the Son of God, a blood that washed my sins away, a blood that redeems me, a blood that lifts me, a blood that pays the covenant, it pays the, the, the ransom price, so that by covenant I can be brought back into the blessings of the Father. I'm not going to live beneath my privileges. I'm not going to live without side of the covenant blessings of God. I know. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And as you take with thanksgiving, the devil says, I can't mess with this one. I can't handle this one. I can't stay with this one because they know. Hallelujah. So much of Christianity takes communion as a ceremony, not as a weapon against the devil, not as a weapon against sickness, not as a weapon against bondage, not as a weapon against sin. But let me tell you what, here at Christian Embassy, when we take communion, knowing what Jesus died to give us, it will cause us to be truly thankful. And when we take communion, we're proclaiming to every, every vice that is trying to get its claws on us, you better back down. You better back down. I'm tapping into my Holy Ghost, heaven sent, provision of heaven, new covenant of blessings. I'm tapping into it all, to it all. I'm tapping into it all. And what God gives me is greater than anything you're bringing against me. Hallelujah. And the devil knows that. The devil knows that. Glory to God. Now we know that Jesus did die and give us the death certificate that we could have the distribution of the covenant, the last will and covenant that he had for us. But we also know that on the third day he rose from the grave. Hallelujah. And he is alive. He is alive and well. But he says, I'm not going to stay here on earth so I don't need all my stuff back. He said, because really and truly, I came, I, I'm going back where I came from. Where I came from, I laid down all the glory and the splendor. I laid it all down so I could come and I could, as a man, depending on the Holy Spirit, I could provide all of this for you through my sinless blood. So I'm going to believe in you. But you know what? This heaven on earth power that I'm giving you through covenant, this miracle working power of heaven on earth that I'm giving you through covenant, he said, you're going to need, you're going to need somebody to help administrate it. You're going to need a helper to help you because this power is greater than anything you've ever seen. This power is so amazing. You'll be able to speak to a mountain and the mountain runs out of your way. He said, this power is so amazing. You can even call those things that are not as though they be and you'll see heaven bring life into something that never even was there. It's creative. He says this power is so amazing that you don't need somebody coming alongside you. You need somebody that will come inside of you and flow through you. Hallelujah. And he says so you need to, you need to open up and say welcome Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Now look at what he says in verse 27 here. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks, look, number one, judgment to himself. It means condemnation. He also, not discerning the Lord's body, he says, for this reason many are, number two, look, weak and sick among you. And many sleep, means die early. Now what does it mean to eat and drink in an unworthy manner? I grew up in a church that would read these scriptures right before communion. And they had the communion set up with white claws over them that were all pressed and perfect. And they had white gloves on. And they would t- we thought it was a casket, you know. Uh, 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 boys, we'd go in and like, oh, I got a funeral this morning. And we'd be like, oh, oh, that's right, that's, that's communion. And they wouldn't even touch the cloth with human hands. They would touch it with gloves and handle it as though it was so fragile and so pure. And then they would read the scriptures here, and it's like if you have any impurity, you better not mess with it because it's going to kill you. So I I joined in with most of the people in my family and most of the people in our church. They just let the tray pass on by. I I didn't want to touch the tray. Yeah. Jim, you you go to hell. You get it. I know your life. You're going straight to hell. Get it. You get it. (laughs) Ain't no help for you no way. And I just, I wouldn't even want to touch it, you know, because of these scriptures. And as I became a Bible student and studying the original language, the Lord revealed to me that I had totally misread this. That that's not what he was saying at all. It was like communion was added trouble. My life's bad enough, but you want me to take it in an unworthy matter and get sick and weak and die early. Yeah, right. My life's bad enough. I don't know if I'm going to make it to 30 as it is on this farm. Nah, I pass. I ain't touching it, Jim. You know you're going to hell. Go ahead. So, so I begin to study this, and the Lord began to reveal to me what it means to take in an unworthy manner. It means to eat and to drink and then doubt whether or not what you eat and drink has the ability to take away the condemnation. And you eat and drink and you doubt whether it has the ability to take away the weakness or it has the ability to take away the sickness or it has the ability to take away uh, and give you a short life and give you long life. So it's not the cup and the bread that's going to bring weakness. I was thinking it was that which was passing by me that was going to hurt me. It was not. That was the whole opposite. You see how the devil lies? The whole reason Jesus gave us the cup and gave us the bread, gave us his meal, so so that we could be healed, so that we could be reminded of the provision of he, that he had given to us in and through redemption. So, so the thing is, this weakness, this sickness, this condemnation, this short life, those things were already at work in us through the law of sin and death. And Jesus refers to the law of sin and death with Satan in John 10 and 10. He says, Satan has come but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he's trying to do. That's the law of sin and death. He is trying to find any entrance into your life to kill you, to steal from you, and to destroy and bring destruction in your life. 
So, so the bread and the cup was to turn that around. To turn it around. But you had to have faith in what the cup and the bread represented. Because your faith is how you appropriate or take hold of what the cup represents and what the bread represents. Because if you don't have faith and see the value or the worth of what Jesus did on the cross and on the whipping post and everything in between for you, all of the atonement that has been already put into your account, He's already given it to anyone and everyone who will believe. You won't believe to receive it. So you'll, the devil will have his way. You'll die early, you'll be sick, you'll be weak, and all of these things will take place and you'll live with condemnation. So if you don't believe that the body and the blood of Jesus is worthy enough to rid you of weakness and worthy enough to rid you of sickness and worthy enough to rid you of dying early, that whole, the whole covenant is that, that you will not die, but you will live and declare the works of the Lord. And with long life, He will grant you and bless you. That the enemies come to kill you, but Jesus said in the same verse where He tells us what the devil's doing, He's telling us what He's doing, and He says, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. So we got to see the value, the worth of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, so we, when we do this, we have to understand God's perspective. And God's perspective is never just vertical. There's some people so heavenly minded that no earthly good. It's all about Jesus. It's all about God. It's all about that. God says, no, I'm, I'm a practical God. It is about your relationship and your understanding and your faith uh, with me and your love for me. But, but I want to see your faith worked out. So you've got an you've X horizontal and a Y uh, uh, vertical axis relationship that we must pursue. And he talks about it in 1 John 4 and 20 where he says, if someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he's a liar. So you can't go around saying, you know, I got this relationship on the y-axis with God. Oh, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going, but you hating your brothers. He says, you're a liar. He says, how can he love God whom he has not seen when he refuses to love him who he has seen? If you can't love one another that you see as brothers and sisters in Christ and get it worked out, then, then really and truly it's just a mirage to say you love God. He says this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. So communion is about us putting our faith in the body and the blood of Jesus and what he has accomplished for us, but also about faithfully, faithfully putting the body of Christ as priority. Not his physical body that's in heaven, but this body of Christ, the church, that he's building. That this thing he's building. You can't be against the church and for God. Because the church is the body of Christ. It is His body on earth that His anointing is working through to accomplish His will and we've got to learn how to forgive and we've got to learn how to get along and walk in love. Hallelujah. So if we come and we don't see the value of what Jesus has provided for us represented by the bread, His body, not only His physical body, but this body here and His blood that He provided for the redemption and the bridging the gap of, of reconciliation, bringing us back together as a family and as His family, 
then the power of communion and all that it provides will remain distant to you. Acts 2.42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 40 says, So continually, daily, with one accord in the temple, that one accord talks about unity. Just like on the day of Pentecost, they were there in the upper room in one accord. It's not a Honda that they're talking about. Talking about unity. They were there in one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord, there was a Lord working. There was a Lord working. And the Lord added to the church daily to those who were being saved. Hallelujah. Praising God and having favor. You cannot eat the bread and drink the cup in the right way and stay sad and stay mad and stay divided and stay, you know, in, in a bad place. Because the very miracle of God will invade you if your faith is tapping into what Jesus has provided. Hallelujah. Man, what a great, great opportunity we have today as we gather together to bring the cup and to bring the bread in, 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 into our lives. Communion is powerful. It's very powerful. And remember, communion is not for the white gloves and the white cloth in a perfect environment where everything is just, just right. Remember when Jesus initiated the first communion. It was what? On the night He was, you know, betrayed. So in the midst of betrayal, about to face the worst night and next day of His life is when He set up communion. Takes me to Psalms 23 where it talks about that God has prepared a table for us. Where? In the presence of our enemies. Cancer is an enemy. Diabetes is an enemy. Heart disease is an enemy. You know, uh, joint deterioration. I'm things, things that just immobilize us and cause us great pain. Sickness, disease, infirmity, uh, brokenness, uh, pain, anxiety, all these things, they're an enemy. We're in a world now and the enemy's all around us. But Jesus prepared a table for us that when we're in the middle of our enemy and the enemy's surrounding us, that we don't have to go north, south, east, or west, we go straight up and tap into heaven. And we can bring heaven on earth. And the heaven on earth in the midst of that table will then have a ripple effect that will blow out and knock off every stronghold and every tie of the devil and woof, and open up the way for us. He has given us access to bring heaven into our circumstances and situations to bring defeat to the enemy and victory to us in and through what Jesus Christ has provided. Hallelujah. So I'm here to tell you this morning, as we take this bread and we take this cup with thanksgiving, knowing, knowing that this is the reminder of Jesus. He set this up that we would be reminded of our covenant blessings, that everything of the will has already been transferred. It's in our account. We are putting in the pen, faith, F-A-I-T-H. We're putting in the pen number to take whatever withdrawal we need. So what do you need from the Lord today? What miracle are you needing in your life? Maybe everything's perfect. Well, then just come with thanksgiving because it's His presence that has kept the enemy at bay. 
But let me tell you what, if you need anything or you need something for your family, I want you by faith to take this cup and take this bread in such a way that you will usher in the power of heaven on earth in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, as our ushers go and prepare uh, the bread and the cup for us? Hallelujah. Father, we stand in your presence and we thank you. We thank you, God, with thanksgiving in our heart that you didn't leave us under the Davidic covenant, that you didn't leave us under the Mosaic covenant. We thank you that you didn't leave us under the Noahic covenant or even the Abrahamic covenant, Lord. We thank you that you've given us a Jesus Holy Ghost covenant. Hallelujah. A covenant that has been written with the very blood of your Son. It has no expiration date and it has no limitations. Hallelujah. So Lord, with great expectation, we prepare ourselves now to come and to take of the bread and to take of the cup in such a way, Lord God, that will bring heaven to earth in and through our lives. If you would, just step outside the left, your left aisle there and come up and take the bread and take the cup back to your seat. Hold on to it and we will take together in just a few moments. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. I'll get him one too. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. A meal that heals. A meal that delivers. A meal that gives us access to the covenant. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to thank you right now in advance. I want to thank you, God, for the bodies that are going to be healed. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the minds that are going to be healed. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the relationships that are going to be healed. Hallelujah. Let healing flow. Let healing flow in this place today, Lord God. Reaching out, Lord, to everyone that is tuned in. Lord God, into their homes, into their workplace. Let your healing flow. Let deliverance flow. Hallelujah. No more strongholds. No more bondages. That depression's got to go. That fear's got to go. That anxiety's got to go. That weight, that burden has got to go. It's got to go. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. No more condemnation. Lord, you are going to lift, up, lift off that condemnation because of the covenant privileges we have today. For there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that this covenant is not just for us, but it's for our whole family. It's for our children and our children's children. So, Lord God, we're claiming our children and we're claiming our children's children. This is for our parents. Lord, we're claiming the whole family right now. Lord, this covenant is for all. And I got faith to believe, Lord God, that not one of our offspring, not one of our family is going to be lost. Not one is everyone's going to come to know you, Lord. I'm taking the covenant promise and the covenant blessing right now. And I'm reaching out with covenant power. And I'm calling in my children. And I'm calling in my grandchildren. Maybe you need to call in your parents or call in your grandparents. Use your covenant privilege and the covenant provision to receive it today. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. And no longer am I going to live with lack and, and, and living in, in want and lack and, 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 and no, my needs not met. No, I'm a child of the King. Hallelujah. So I'm tapping into the will right now. I'm tapping into my covenant privileges and my covenant power. And I say in the name of Jesus, provision is coming. In the name of Jesus, more than enough. In the name of Jesus, the right doors are going to be opened and the wrong doors are going to be closed. I set myself up to be repositioned by you, Holy Spirit, to be at the right place at the right time for your divine purpose to be manifest in and through my life. Hallelujah. I'm tapping into my covenant promises. I'm tapping into my covenant privileges. I'm tapping into the will. It was set in my name. It was wrote in my name. It's been deposited in my name. And I come to all of the provision of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I receive it now. I thank you, God. I thank you for my healing. I thank you for provision, Lord. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for sanctification, Lord. I thank you for my children serving you all the days of their life. I thank you for my grandchildren, not even born yet, going to serve you all the days of their life. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you that my parents are serving you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I praise you. I praise you, Lord. You have given me all good and perfect gifts. They come from you. They're in the covenant. They're sealed by the blood. They're provided for by your body, for your body. And we're here to receive them today, Lord God. So, Lord God, as we hold this bread and we hold this cup, we can't help but say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for the power. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for the peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're a good God. You're a good God. I thank you, Jesus, that you came. You lived and you died in that body. Oh, depending on the Holy Ghost, providing sinless blood to pay off our sinful account. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. And with grateful heart, we now take and we eat and we drink. Lord, as we ingest this bread and this fruit of the vine, literally taking it into our bodies now, we also literally take into our lives all of the covenant promises, all of the covenant provision, all of your covenant blessings. We receive it all. Nothing are we leaving behind. If there's a need that rises, we know that you're Jehovah Jireh. You meet our needs, and we're going to take hold of it. We're not going to walk in a way unworthy of what you provided for us. We're going to walk knowing worthy Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the blood He shed. Worthy is His body that hung on a cross. Worthy is the Lamb. There's no one can open the seal. There's no one that can move things forward except the Lamb. No one in heaven, no one on earth, no one under the earth. But there was a Lamb as though He'd been slain, but He's standing in heaven today. Hallelujah. Still opening up the seal. Still opening up the scroll so that we can move forward into His destiny. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. So go ahead and just say, Lord, I thank You. I thank You for everything You provided. I receive it. I receive it. I receive salvation. I receive sanctification. I receive 
your anointing. I receive deliverance. I receive healing. I receive provision. I receive peace. I receive deliverance. I receive freedom. I receive it. I receive it into my life because worthy is the Lamb. To you be the glory, the honor, and the praise for it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How about pass those cups to the aisle and our ushers will pick those up and that'll free you up to love on somebody, hug on somebody, bless somebody, pray for somebody. You just let God use you to be a blessing as we leave today. To Him be the glory and the honor. Amen and amen.